Hi, ladies. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening and for the positive feedback that I have received so far. I really want this podcast to be a success, so I am asking you to help me out. Please share my link on your social network platforms and subscribe and write a review on whichever podcast platform that you listen to me on. I'm going to provide you with an incentive for the next month. For those of you who write a review and share my link on your social media by February 28th, 2021, I will enter you into a drawing for your choice of one of the journals from my website, uniqueblackgifts.com. There will be five winners. Make sure to tag Flippin' the Script on your social media or Take a screenshot and post it on my Instagram or Facebook page. You will receive an entry for each post you make. So the more you post, the more likely you will win. Thank you in advance for your participation. Your support means so much to me. Welcome to Flipping the Script, a podcast for women of color by women of color helping you to not just navigate your way through change, but to embrace it. I am your host, Michelle Words. Today, I welcome Kina Williams. Kina has a powerful story of resilience over the most difficult of circumstances. However, she has chosen to live life to its fullest and shares with us how she was able to do so as well as give us some sage advice on overcoming challenges. She is a true inspiration. Let's get to it. I am not where you wanna be. Trying to navigate life, but it's hard to see, yeah. I am struggling to make a change. We're coming to me and now is the perfect chance. With flipping the scripts, so you'll find your way to help you embrace any trials you face. With flipping the script, conquer every day. We're helping you find your happy place. Kena Williams. I have known Kina since about 2013, I would say. Kina, that's about the time that I joined Nomadness Travel Tribe. So Kina and I met through the Nomadness Travel Tribe, which is a Facebook group that is for avid travelers, basically, (laughs) for people that are interested in travel. And a lot of us are avid travelers, Kina being one of them. And Kina is also the founder of Kina L. Williams, LLC, which she founded in 2017 by force. For years, she conducted the infamous trademarked Dubai blackout trips as a hobby, but friends convinced her to turn her passion of showing people the world into something greater to inspire others to travel. Kina is known in travel circles as the creator of the trademarked phrase, book that shit or book that ish. I don't know. (laughs) Did you trademark both? (laughs) (laughs) And one of the survivors of the Panama 13 accident of 2015. She has been featured in Essence Magazine, Huffington Post, and various travel blogs and outlets. Kina is an aerospace engineer by degree, but 
Her real passion is to explore as she is a descendant of the explorer, Matthew Henson. Kina hosts several group trips throughout the year and she also provides travel consulting and planning plus private hire. She previously lived in Southern California, but she now lives in Johannesburg, South Africa. So again, welcome Kina. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. So Kina, when I thought about who I wanted to be my first live guest, really it was a no brainer for me that it would be you because you to me epitomize what it means to not only embrace change, but to grab it by the horns. And when I think of resilience, I can think of no one who has experienced more change than you have over the past five years. And you truly have one of the best spirits that I know. So absolutely, I think that you have a story to share with my listeners because the purpose of this podcast is to help women to embrace change. And you have definitely done that. Thank you. So, Thank you. Let's start from the beginning. All right. Where are you from? <laughs> I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee. I spent my formative years there. I left Memphis when I was 18, went to college at St. Louis University, stayed there a long time. Left St. Louis and moved to California in 2001. Yeah, 2001. 2001. So how did you decide to become an aerospace engineer? You know, as a kid, I thought that <laughs> I thought being an engineer would make me rich. I thought I would be rich becoming an engineer. My father worked at a medical company and most of the people that worked there, they were engineers. So he would bring his friends over to the house and I would be like, wow, that's exciting. Okay, show me this. Wow, that's great. And I ended up going to an engineering high school Um I did my ninth through 12th uh, grade year. From there, I just decided this is what I wanted to do. and ended up getting an aerospace engineering degree at St. Louis University in St. Louis, Missouri. I was supposed to continue on my education and do a master's, but two days before my first class was supposed to start, I decided I need to work. I ended up moving, getting a job and moving to California. So that's how that happened. Ah, Okay. So what was it like being in an industry that is very male dominated and I would expect white male dominated? So how was that for you as a young black woman? My first position that I had, I was a flight test engineer. I went into the office, this office at the time, they hadn't hired anybody in probably 10, 15 years at the time. So here I am some fresh faced 20 something year old kid from Memphis, Tennessee, showing up in California and like, well, I'm here, you know, <laughs> I'm here. It was interesting. I had a great experience there. People were very, maybe it's a California thing. People were very friendly with me in that first position. I did a lot of training, tried to do a lot of extra things outside of work just to, you know, make things work in that, in that industry. So it was great. So I moved on to different positions as I advanced through my career. Okay. Well, you know, I'm a California girl, so I'm going to go ahead and say it is that California friendly, huh? It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and I know that they grew to love you. And you know, too, something that's kind of unusual is you spent your whole career there, right? 
Right. I stayed at the same company for almost 19 years and I had, I think, three positions during that time. So I started as a flight test engineer working for fighter jets at the time. I left that office, moved to a more of a program project management office, left that position, moved to another similar office. So basically stayed at the same company, just switched careers throughout the time. Wow. And, you know, I'm impressed by that because I have switched careers and companies so many times I can't count. (laughs) So I don't even understand that, but that's great. So now when did you start your your love of travel? When did you get the travel bug? Um, I would say I probably got the travel bug when I was a kid. Growing up in Memphis, Tennessee, my grandparents lived in Winona, Mississippi. I had relatives that lived in Carrollton, Mississippi on my dad's side. So summers were my parents packing us in the 1971 green Cadillac, taking us down, <laughs> down Highway 51 to you know visit our relatives. So I think that probably started a lot of it prompted a lot of my travels. And then as I got older, I left high school, went to college in St. Louis, Missouri, left there, went to live in California. And from there, I just started traveling all over the place. And my grandmother probably is one of the biggest inspirations for me for traveling because I used to joke and say that my grandmother was obviously one of the oldest people in our family, but she was the one that actually visited me the most in California, more than my own parents. Wow. So, and she was coming from Mississippi. So, <laughs> so grandma liked to travel. That is a, yes, a big did. thing because especially people that age, a lot of times they're afraid to fly and everything. So she was ready to go. Yes, she was. <laughs> that must be part of that. So Matthew Henson, is that from your grandmother's side or another yes, side? Yes, my grandmother was a Henson. So yeah, so that's, that's definitely on that side. That's where she got it from. Yes. See, I didn't even know that about you until you gave me that information. Yes. Interesting. So when was your first international trip then? Ooh, my first international trip. Wow. Hmm. I want to say it was 2007, maybe, believe it or not. I actually had a passport much. I know. Shocking, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like shocking, right? But I had a passport back in 2000, 2001, but for the wrong reasons. But anyway, that's another story in itself. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll bring you back for that one. <laughs> I mean, I can talk about it. No, but, no, no, um... go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was 2006, 2007 at my job, we had, I had to go overseas. So I actually went to the Marshall Islands for a work assignment. And um, yeah, I spent... I think my first trip there was supposed to be two weeks. I ended up spending six weeks there, and it was a phenomenal experience. It is the moment, of, probably of the awakening of international travel. I was there, and I were meeting, meeting, meeting the local people, and I went back home. I wrote like a five-page letter to my sorority sisters, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I saw this. These people are just like, you know, and they're like, are you okay? I was like, you don't understand. I've never seen anything outside of living in America, you go somewhere and people are very welcoming, very accommodating, very, I don't know. I found that the people that have the least have the most to offer you. So that was interesting to see people receive me that well. And I remember Saturday nights was ladies night at this little 
little club they had there and they would <laughs> they would come to get me. I didn't speak the language and I was just like, okay, I'm here, let's do this. So yeah, it was really a great experience. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's about, about 2006, 2007, I would say. Okay. So I was actually on your first Dubai blackout trip. Which that was before it was known as Dubai Blackout. Yes, we were just going to Dubai. <laughs> 2014. That yes, was yes. I moved to Qatar in August of 2014, and we went in October. Yes, it was October. Yeah. Yes, it was. So, and there were only about 30 of us at that time. Mm-hmm. 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 And it has turned into one of my favorite weekends. Like every year. And so how big has that blackout gotten now? The biggest? Uh, The biggest one I've had has been 500 people. And that was 2017. We had 500 people on that trip. It was insane. Insane. Crazy. Insane. Insane. 2017. So between 30 people in 2014 to 500 people in 2017, all coordinated by Kina. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and this is just by word of mouth. People had yeah. such a good time that the next year people were like, I'm going. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> and it is. Yeah. I mean, you really set it out. So it's like we have brunch at this restaurant, Saffron, and mm-hmm. it is fabulous. It and it's is. not even, you know, the food is good, great top shelf drinks, but it really mm-hmm. is the atmosphere. It that is, makes it. It is. It is. It is. And we go is. over hol- over Halloween weekend, mm-hmm. so people have costumes. costumes. And so we really get into that. So that's a lot of fun. Then there's a beach party. Uh, then the yacht cruise. It's just a great time. Lot, yacht cruise. Yeah. So she really sets it out. So if anybody is interested in that, you need to get in contact with Kina when everything opens back up. Is back on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. If we have any time, you know, at the end, we'll answer some questions too. If anybody has any questions about anything. Awesome. But Kina, I also know like these past five years have been especially challenging for you. Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned in the introduction, you were one of the Panama 13. For those that are not familiar with that incident, then uh, what happened? Yeah, and back in 2015, well, 2014, January, a group of friends, we were going to Panama, and then we decided to do it again the next January for MOK weekend. And in 2015, January 16, 2015, um, we did the same trip we did the year previously. Unfortunately, on part of that trip, we were going down a hill, and our vehicle lost control and we actually went over a cliff and two of our friends passed away and everybody else in the vehicle was severely injured, including myself. Yes. Yeah. And I remember that day, you know, just like it was yesterday. So I know Mm -hmm. how vivid it is for you. You know, at the time my mother was visiting me and she remembers it too. Cause I mean, you know, it threw, threw us all for a loop most definitely. How did you manage to you know, overcome that experience? That's a really good question. I don't know if you ever, I don't know. I don't know if you ever overcome a tragedy like that in your life. What you do is learn to live through these experiences and don't try to block out things. What I did was every year in January, I would actually go back to Panama. So I have been back to Panama practically 
every January since that accident happened. And even throughout the year, I would go and in January, I would always go to the hospital where I was, you know, spent about a week there. They wouldn't let me in, but I would stand outside, get my little mm, whatever, and just be like, okay, you look at it and say, okay, I survived this and, you know, be thankful for your life. And also send out blessings to, you know, those that passed on or those that are still suffering from injuries, whether they are mental or physical. During the time when I had the accident, my father, oh, my dad used to get on my nerves about this because he, I come from a very religious family, but I'm not really that religious myself, although that's how I was raised. And my father would basically be like, you need to tell everybody what happened to you. You need to tell everybody. And I would be like, oh man, if you don't know, going on somewhere, because I had to mm-hmm. tell him one day, I had to tell him, I said, look, you don't understand if this is what happened to you, this is what you would do. I said, but you have to realize this is my story. So right. let me tell it when I'm ready. And I think, you know, after he heard that, he understood, he kind of backed off because he, we would go places. This is my daughter. She went through this. And I would be like, uh, you're, you're forcing me to, to relive it every, every day. Right. But right. during that time, you know, I went on with the rest of my life. I was off work for about four months recuperating in Memphis. I had, I spent about a week in the hospital in Panama, in the States. I flew back to the States and um, I... Uh, had surgery in the States. I think I did two weeks in the hospital there. Then I went to a nursing home for about a week for, you know, to recuperate. Then I went home. Mm-hmm. You know, in my mind, I thought it was fine, you know, but the reality is after seeing something like that or going through that, you're really not fine. And one of the things that happened was my best, I have two best friends, one male, one female. My male best friend, I don't know if he's watching right now, Chris. Hey, Chris. He called me he one is. day. He said, you are not who I know you to be. He's like, you need help. I was like, no, I don't. There's nothing wrong with me. So he kept saying, you need help. And I was like, no, I don't. You know, I thought I'll push a key. I don't need nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, (laughs) what happened was he says, I think you need to go see a counselor. And I was like, whatever. So I said, fine, I'll go and I'll see one just to satisfy you. And I went, I actually went. And it was a a good experience to the point where I, Look forward to, you know, talking to the um, counselor about what was going on and things like that. And this is a point I want to bring out. I like to consider myself the strong friend, but strong friends need more help than people really realize, although Mm -hmm. we don't like to admit it. So I like to credit my friend for basically saying, you know, this somebody has known me for 20 plus years. And I guess he could see that my actions were not what he was used to seeing, although I felt fine. I thought it was fine, but sometimes we don't see who we really are. It takes someone that knows us for yes. so long to say, hey, you're not who who I know you to be. So Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And good that you, you know, followed up because you could have just remained in denial and mm-hmm. not sought the help. So it's good that you did do that. Very good. And then since then though, then you've had some other tragedies then that have mm-hmm. occurred in your life. You lost your mom, your dad, your brother, mm-hmm. and your best mm-hmm. friend mm-hmm. within a three-year window. Pretty much, right. Yeah, 2000, actually last week has been the fifth-year anniversary of my brother passing. Next month will be the wow. fifth-year passing of my dad because they passed within a year of each other. And then 2018, April 7th, my mom passed away. My best friend called me to wish me, you know, are you okay, whatever. 
then he died two days later. So it was just like <laughs> a um, lot. Unbelievable. Yes. And that's why I say resilience, you are the person that comes to mind yeah. for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. And so, so, you know, through all of that, then is that what made you decide to switch gears, flip the switch, flip the script yes. and, yes. you know, leave your career and, and follow your passion and move abroad? Was that the catalyst or no? I would say a, a lot of that, ha- a lot of that is that because, you know, I look at it and say, you know, I have, you know, obviously my, I have a younger brother. I have nieces and nephews. I have a sister-in-law. I have a half-sister and other cousins and relatives. However, my immediate family at this point, I feel like, you know, they, they've passed on. So it's just my youngest, younger brother and I. November 2015, this was like, you know, the year my accident happened. I had told my dad that, you know, I need two months off work just to, you know, see what was going on. I had apl- applied for a management position at work and was told, you're not qualified. You have this many years of experience, but it's not enough. I'm just like, hey. how many does it take? <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. apparently I didn't have enough, which is fine. So, you know, I told my father, you know, I wanted to take this time off work and they were super supportive of this time. So it just so oddly that, you know, my brother passed away then my dad passed away after that happened. The time that I had already set aside, I ended up using that time to go through what I call a grieving process or what have you. And I just knew at the time, I was like, I'm probably not going to be at this job for a a very long time. I'm probably going to get out. Then in 2018, after my mother passed away, I went back to work about two, I think like two weeks later, and I had my performance evaluation. And during my performance evaluation, I had asked for, again, another two months off because my mother passed away, my bestie passed away, and my best friend, Sean Marquez, we actually sat right next to each other at work. So we were always together on weekends. Sometimes he would be like, hey, you want to go get some sushi? I'm like, okay, come pick me up or I'll come pick you up or whatever. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like, you know, I need time. (laughs) I need time away for this. So doing my performance evaluation, my boss said I was doing everything well, that I was on track to meet my performance goals for the year. But she made a comment, which I was like, what did you say? But she said, you know, if you can take two months off work without pay, because I didn't want to, I just wanted to keep my vacation time. She said, if you can take two months off work without being paid, you should know that you can be replaced. And then she said, you could be replaced. And I'm like, what did you say? You know, my mother just died. died, And this is what she told me. I said, okay, fine. Then she said, I think that you should pursue your real passions in life. And if you decide to leave this job, we will understand. And I was like, what? And for me, I was pissed off because I felt like, you know what I just went through. Why are you saying this to me at like the one of the lowest points of life? Like, why are you saying this? And I was angry at the time. I had, <laughs> I had applied for another job at another office. So I was like, please let me get this other job. Because at that point, I was like, I no longer wanted to work in an environment. I felt like I was now in a hostile environment. I didn't want to be there. So mm-hmm. I left. And it took me a while to realize what she said was hurtful at the time. But it was what I needed to hear. So I could be able to make the flipping the script that I actually did, which was to get up and leave something that had been so comfortable for so many years. So I could actually live 
my life. So I, yeah. I was she angry. did you a favor. Hey, she did me yeah. a favor. But yeah. I didn't realize it at the time that she did me a favor. I, have, I haven't talked to her since that day. And I thought, you know, maybe one day I will call her and tell her that, you know. Thank you. you know, yeah, thank you <laughs> for, for, for being nasty to me at, at, at the lowest yeah. time. Because it actually helped me to say, okay, this is what was said to me, but this is what I need to do. I needed to pursue my real passions, even if they did not look like what people wanted me to do. Yeah, I, I needed to do Kina, you know. Fun. Yes, I hear you, girl. Um, yes, <laughs> because you know, same thing for me. You know, I got I got laid off, and you mm-hmm. know what the funny thing is? People are vacation haters. I think that's what it is because mm-hmm. I had taken some time off for vacation, <laughs> and I think I took three weeks off, mm-hmm. and then as soon as I came back from that trip. I requested some more vacation. <laughs> but kind of what you were doing, except mine was paid vacation. Mm-hmm. And then after, uh, before I could take that trip, before I could take the second trip, then I got laid off. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, they are haters. And this is vacation time that I earned. Mm-hmm. So again, like you at the time, I was angry about getting laid mm-hmm. off and everything. Of course, you know, there's never any perfect time for something mm-hmm. like that when somebody else is, you know, making the decision for you. Same thing, like you said, now, if I could thank anybody who had, you know, took a part in that decision for me to leave the company, because that was the time that I was able to reflect, like you said, do me, what is Mm -hmm. it that I want to do? And then, you know, unfortunately, it takes death sometimes, which I, I talked about this in my, you know, my intro to the podcast is that a guy that I went to law school with died suddenly. And between that and me not working, got me really thinking what's important to me in life? What it what is it that I want to do? And that's what made me, you know, change my trajectory and decide that I wanted to live abroad. So, mm-hmm. you know, we are sometimes forced into those decisions, but then they end up working out for the best. Definitely, definitely. definitely. Yeah. So now what made you choose South Africa? Why are we going there? <laughs> Listen, you yeah. know what? Listen, <laughs> I have two, a, a story. I'll make it short. South Africa was not my first choice. I think it was back in 2018. I was going around saying Malaysia or bust, Malaysia or bust. I decided that I was moving to Malaysia. I had looked into the visa process, the My Malaysia Home process. I looked at that, looked into maybe starting a business in Malaysia. They have these different visas that you can get that will allow you to live somewhere for a while just to check it out. So I was like Malaysia and I was like, "Mm, this is great. 2018 rolls around. I had a group trip to South Africa. I was on, you know, the little day naps, swiping a little bit and (laughs) a little bit. bit. (laughs) 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 I swiped on this little, little, little shorty, this little shawty and and ended up meeting in South Africa in 2018. We hit it off very well. I liked him a lot. He liked me a lot. Everything was good. And, you know, at this point, you know, I'm in my forties. Most people might, we're not playing around. Either you know you want it or you don't. What are we doing? You know, I don't have time to play. What's up? You know, people, oh, it takes this many years. No, it doesn't. It only takes a day. That's it, really. Okay, maybe a little longer than a day. But anyway, we ended up dating for a brief period, got engaged. When we got engaged, we were going through the motion of do, you know, do I move to South Africa or 
does does he move to the states? So we originally planned for him to move to the states, and you know that was looking like a good possibility for us. But I don't know if it's a male thing, but I think he felt like he was going to have to start all over again here in the states, or well, in the states, and he didn't want to take that opportunity because here in South Africa he was doing well, working as an IT consultant for a big financial institution here, and he was like, you know, am I going to have to start over? In the states, no, I don't want to do that. So I was like, okay, well, I'll come to South Africa. So I decided to come here. And before that happened, we split. We split up in March 2019, April 2019. I actually filed for my visa, my long-term uh, temporary residency visa in South Africa. Got it a month later, and I moved. Although some of my friends and relatives thought that I was moving for him, I was like. No, I don't, I don't move for men I'm not married to. So I just decided because I already have friends here. I know the area fairly well to get around. And this is a good close hub to Dubai. It's only a seven hour flight. I could get to Seychelles in four hours, you know, give me an opportunity to, to be here. So I just decided I'm going to move to South Africa. And that's what I did. That's what I did. Okay. I like South Africa, although I'm a beach girl, so I'd have mm-hmm. to be in Cape Town. Cape Town or Durban. Yeah, or Durban. I never made yeah. it. I didn't make it to Durban. So I have, I need to still visit Durban. Okay. You know, well, well, you know, when it opens up, I'm still planning on coming to visit you. Come through. Come through. You guys had to get, you guys had to get rid of that little strain you got going on there, though. <laughs> We're working on it. We got the job now. We're working on it. South African strain, you know, of all of the strains. We're working on it. <laughs> We're not fooling with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> okay, okay, you do that. So now, kind of, this is a good segue then into the uh, my next topic because I am often asked about dating abroad. So mm-hmm. again, when I think about dating abroad. You come to mind because you are really good with chronicling your your adventures. First of all, what would you say is different about dating abroad than maybe your experiences in the U.S., if any? Oh, people will get mad. I don't care. Just get mad. As a Black woman, I feel like my experiences are better overseas than they are in the States. I don't know if uh, maybe the men that I was coming across in the States Maybe they didn't like me. Maybe I didn't look the way they wanted someone to look. Maybe they were, I've been told that I'm intimidating. I don't think so. I'd like to think I'm sweet and pleasant, but maybe I'm intimidating to some. I don't know. If I'm intimidating to a man, then we should probably not be dealing with each other anyway, because I don't need you to be intimidated by me. So I feel like my experiences here have been pretty, pretty good. I've been chronicling dating for the past almost three years now. My mom, and I joke about this. It's coming up on three years. Her, oh, I was so mad at her about this. Her deathbed wish for me was to get married. And I was like, how dare you do this to me? You know? Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I actually, I've been married before. I was married, got divorced what, 11 years ago. So, you know, I've had that marriage, uh, marriage experience. I would like it again. However, my mom was like, I want you to marry somebody that's going to take care of you and treat you like such and such and such, like your father did me. And I was like, mm, okay, yeah, whatever, you <laughs> right, know, okay. like whatever. So, you know, yeah, I'm like, okay, that's what you want. But dating has been great here. I have met a lot of wonderful men here. I have met a lot of terrible men here. I have met a lot of... Oh my gosh, 
fine men here, you know, all over the place. So it's been, <laughs> it's been all types of guys here. As far as advice, you know, one thing I, you know, I was telling a guy today that as an American woman dating here, sometimes you meet men that are only interested in you because they feel like they can get something from you. And that's something, it's not necessarily sex. It is generally something like money or they yeah. feel like they can get an opportunity to steal your heart. So you will put them in, in America or, you know, something like that. So if you are used, if you know what game is or men running game, ladies run game too. So you just got to know what yeah. it is. And when you see it, just like, okay, separate from it. I've, like I said, I've met all types of, I've dated doctors here, IT consultants here, engineers. Sometimes my Uber drivers will ask me out, just all types. <laughs> you know, all types. So what oh, I've been proposed to by many an Uber driver. <laughs> listen. <laughs> I was I'm like, like yes. 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 what do you know about me? Oh, I could just tell you're a good person. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, they're they're pretty funny. It's hilarious. What would be one of the craziest dating stories abroad you might have? Oh, I'm not trying to go in jail on this one. (laughs) You share yours, I'll share mine. (laughs) The craziest, I'm just going to talk about it. I'm not going to say where this happened. There was a guy, we hadn't been dating each other long, just like going out, still trying to know each other. And he took me somewhere. This is another thing too. And when you are dating overseas, you need to make sure whoever you're dealing with, make sure they're legitimate. And well, listen, make that's sure they're true legitimate. <laughs> yes, make sure they're legitimate. That's true anywhere. Because, mm-mm. but I, I feel like here or overseas, I feel like it's like, it's harder to tell because you don't know. And there may be new schemes you don't know about. And so you, you will learn. Okay. So the craziest right. thing I've ever seen in dating was there was a guy that, wow. <laughs> Almost like, do I want to tell this story? Apparently he was into some, what I call funny business. And when I saw it, I was like, Ooh, no, I need to get out of this. I'm like, mm-mm, oh. mm-mm, mm-mm. yeah, mm-mm. no, this was one dealing with, you see this liquid? I put this liquid and I put it in a bag and it becomes this. I was like, nope. What? No. It was counterfeiting. I was like, oh no, no. No, 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 no. No, I was like, no, I don't. Pull yeah, over. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's a situation where they take like money, money, and they put this liquid in it and they break it apart and you can't even tell. And I was like, Mm-mm, no, I don't need to be locked up a block. I don't do I don't farm do it. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. You know what? I actually haven't had any bad experiences. So the only one I would say is kind of crazy is that I was, I'll tell you where I was. I was in Portugal mm-hmm. and I was in Porto, Portugal mm-hmm. yeah. and had met this man, like you said, on a dating app. And he was actually really, really nice, mm. really, really nice guy. So, you know, we decided we were going to, you know, he was going to show me around Porto or something like that. Okay. He comes to pick me up and I get in the car and I'm like, what is that smell? <laughs> what is that smell? And girl, Every time he opened his mouth, it was like it would slap me in my nose. 
<laughs> and so first, you know, I have the window down and my head is basically hanging out the window. And let me tell you, to the point where I was getting a headache, literally. Oh, I was no. getting, it was it was the worst smell that I had ever <laughs> smelled in my life. Like I can't believe it was coming out of somebody's mouth. <laughs> and so I ended up, we we were in the car for oh, I'm no. serious. We were in the car for about five minutes. And I was like, I'm not feeling well. Can you take me back <laughs> to my room? <laughs> and he was like, what? I'm like, yeah, really. I'm, I mean, I just really have this splitting headache. And I didn't tell him why, but I was like, I have a really bad headache. So he turned around and he dropped me back off. And, you know, he was upset, of course. But I thought I would be doing him a disservice if I didn't tell him why. Because like I said, he was a very, very nice man. I emailed him, you know, you got <laughs> I can't tell him in person, but I told him, you know, I think you're very nice, but this was the reason why I was like, you know, <laughs> this is why I had to yes. home is because your breath and you might want to get it checked out because I think you're very nice and that, you know, you should meet a nice woman. He got so offended. He told me I was evil. <laughs> I'm like, you ever talk to me again? Somebody's ever told me that. And I'm like, really? Like none of your friends have ever said anything. This today is not the first day that your breath smells like that. But I was like, you know what? If I have to be the fall person, then that's okay. And hopefully he yes. realized it beyond that day that, you know, okay, maybe I do have some sort of a problem. Yes. But, <laughs> but I was like, I'm sorry, I have to go. There is, and you know, because, you know, he'd have been trying to get in my face and girl, I would have just died. <laughs> no, I'm serious, like, please take me home because I'm about to be sick. Because, <laughs> you know, like I said, I really don't have like bad experiences, you know, it might, you might not yeah. click. But that was like, yes. what? <laughs> so, yeah. Tina. What advice can you give to somebody then that is maybe looking for change or being forced into it, such as we have? What would you advise for them moving forward? Don't fight it. Don't fight the change. When it happens, come up with a strategy. Come up with some positive things that will make this transition happen. At this point, you know it's going to happen, so you can't fight it. I mean, you can, eh, you can fight it for a few days few months or whatever, but don't let it linger. Come up with the plan immediately and um, just go with it, you know, work with it and just go, just go. Yeah. What about advice for moving abroad? What do you think about that? Ooh, how much time we got? <laughs> <laughs> Would you recommend it? Yes or no. Do you think that you will be an eternal expat or you think you'll go back to the States or kind of what's your plan? What do you think? First of all, I would I would definitely recommend being an expat, even if you just try it for a few months or maybe a year or so. I'm yeah. just trying, you never know, you know, how it can change your life. I don't know. I think you find out who your real friends are, who your family really is while you're gone because uh, you know, that's why not that uh, for me, it's been the same. I still have the same people calling me at two o'clock in the morning. Thank you, Tyra. And the rest <laughs> of the people <laughs> who don't, who obviously don't respect my timing because they don't know what time it is, but I would definitely recommend it as far as advice about, you know, how to do it or anything. Ew, that, there's so many different things. I just tell people the number one thing is make sure you figure out how your money is, is going to happen whether you already have it 
or you're going because you're about to take a job or something like that. You know, I read a lot of stories in expat groups. I left and I moved here for a hundred dollars and I'm thinking, I can't, I can't <laughs> do it. I can't do it. You know, because yeah. I think people don't think about the emergencies. Like, you know, I just had COVID and spent 18 days in the hospital in a South African hospital. So that was a crazy experience. And, you know, I see people, I left with this and I don't have money for insurance. And I'm thinking I had to pay my entire hospital bill in advance. Well, I had to pay that bill to just get reimbursed back. And yeah. it wasn't a lot, but it was a lot. And I'm yeah. thinking, do, do people with this $100 budget, are you thinking about the worst? I mean, not to be negative, but these are the things that in America, let me just go there. We have support systems whether there's, you know, unemployment, there's pandemic stuff or whatever, you move to another country, you have nothing. You know, you have nothing. You have whatever's in your wallet, whatever's in your accounts or whatever. So, you know, I would just tell people just make sure, make sure your money's not funny. That's great advice. Absolutely. So what's next for Kina L. Williams? Hmm, I don't know what's next for me. I've got some group trips I need to conduct this year. Hopefully um, everything will go well. If not, um, based off of the pandemic, we will slide things out if I need to. I actually, I don't know what I'm going to do next. I um, actually incorporated a business here in December, but I got sick in December, so I haven't had any time to work on that. And um I don't know where my next move is. Uh, I don't know how long I'll be here in South Africa. My goal was to actually spend a year here. And then I was going to go to maybe Porto to find that same guy that you found. Maybe he's got his breath taken care of. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So I don't know what my next step is. You know, I'm constantly reading things. I'm currently taking Zulu classes here. I'm not doing very well, but I'm showing up, you know, I'm showing up. So that's a start getting to know someone here and just, you know, just living, living life. I know last year was a lot of people said they were grinding out their time while they weren't working. And I was thinking, not me, I'm living, I'm living, I'm resting. I got involved in volunteer activities here. So I got a chance to really do things that matter. You know, I got a chance to tutor, not tutor, but mentor a young lady Mm -hmm. here and do things like that. So not necessarily that the things that need to make money or anything like that. I'm not one of those hustle, 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 grind. That's not my, my lifestyle. I'm a Sagittarius. We're kind of already all over the place. You know, I just want to, last year was basically a year of reflection and just doing things that mattered to me, which was helping other people and getting involved with my sorority work here and doing things of that nature. So that's you know okay. kind of what I'm doing. So my next move, I don't know. I was telling someone earlier today, I think I want to not necessarily go back to school, but maybe learn a new trade. Not that I want to work, but just to learn something, learn something new. Yeah. Yeah. So you're putting roots in South Africa then? Uh, or? Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. To be determined. <laughs> Stay we'll tuned. <laughs> All right. We'll leave everybody on a cliffhanger then on what can the best next. <laughs> well, it's a cliffhanger for all of us. I'm a cliffhanger too. That's all right. That's the good thing about life. Matter of fact, that should the goal in life should be just have cliffhangers, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Keeps Keep it exciting. Right Yes, that's right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't Don't do that in relationships, though. Don't do that. I don't recommend that. 
Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> okay, Kina, you know what? I want to thank you for being a guest. Yes to cliffhangers, Vanessa says. <laughs> I don't see where there's any questions here. So we'll go ahead and um, close out. And, and again, thank you so much for sharing with us your story and, you know, giving some positive advice to people that might be looking for change. And so, you know, we're your cheer, we're their cheerleaders, right? Yes, definitely. Just definitely. do it. You know, yes. my mantra, why not? Mm -hmm. Like, so don't sit and wonder what's going to happen. Just go ahead and do it. Get that little push. And like I said, when your life is changing, I mean, you're going to just sit there and watch it crumble. You're going to pick up the pieces and, you know, do something with it. Make a cake, whatever. Do something to get yourself motivated and going and ready to move in a new direction. Yes, it's scary. You know, I tell people I left a, a job I that worked almost 20 years and I just walked away. Just walked right. away. You know, so and no regret. Not one regret. Mm -mm. That's what it's about, you know, at the end of the at the end of the day, at the end of life, no regrets. None. None. Right? No regrets. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Flipping the Script. If you like what you have heard, please make sure to subscribe to get notified of future episodes. Also, I would appreciate it if you would write a review and share with your friends. And I want to hear from you. Feel free to drop me a line and let me know what you thought about this week's episode or to suggest any future topics that you would like for me to explore. Or you can just stop by and say hello. You can reach me at flippingthescript.com or on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Flipping the Script. Want to continue the discussion? I also have a private group for ladies only on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you. Bye for now. We flip in the script so you'll find your way.